this week it's the PGA Tours flagship event, the Players Championship in Ponte Vedra, Florida, at the famed TPC Sawgrass. Zach, Johnny, and myself break down the field, give our thoughts on the tournament, and we review last week's Arnold Palmer Invitational, where Scotty Scheffler wins yet again. Is he a superstar? We also do buy or sell as well. This was fun. Can't wait for the players coming up this week. Welcome to your best bets. It is Players Championship Week, players in all caps, one of the all caps tournaments that we have in the PGA Tour season coming up, one of the biggest tournaments of the season. Talk about that. We'll preview the field, talk about the caliber tournament that it's going to be. Uh, We're also going to review the Arnold Palmer Invitational, where we saw a very, very difficult golf course and another win for Scott Scheffler. Uh, joining me first time in a couple weeks, uh, a guy that has not been caught, uh, sports gambling with Calvin Ridley lately is Zach Bichero. Zach. Hi. Hi. How are you? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm wondering like, is, is the Calvin Ridley thing I've been thinking about this all day. Is this like a a Michael Jordan thing where we're going to be saying that his entire time missing this year was due to him secretly being suspended and. They were trying to be proactive, hoping he was not going to get uh, banned for this coming season. Uh, I'm interested to kind of see the fallout from that on, you know, the information that comes out. Um, yeah, glad to be back talking about golf and, uh, yeah, excited to, to talk about what we saw on Sunday. And, uh, you know, one of what I guess people would call maybe the fifth major mm. unofficially. Mm-hmm. I was hopeful that the Bears might make a play for one Calvin Ridley. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen now, so we'll have to continue to target other wide receivers in the market in the offseason here. Uh, also here is Johnny Strouser. Uh, Johnny, I don't have anything smart to say, so welcome back. Thank you. Yep, I, uh, um, I have a little bit of advice for Calvin Ridley is to hire a runner. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, this, this is probably going on all over the place, but be smarter than that. It was only $1,500. And his problem is, is he was betting a part of lays. I mean, God, we could have told him that's just a losing uh, effort, right? Uh, for sure. And I mean, according to him, he's going to just be more healthy when he comes back. So <laughs> when you're out for a year and a half, you're certainly going to be more healthy. I, wait, wait, I, wait a minute, Phil. So you, you, wait, Phil, Phil, you said him betting parlays is a bad idea. Like you are giving him advice, telling him not to bet, bet parlays. You. Well, I mean, it takes experience. Uh, you know, you go, you go with my 40% strategy. He, maybe he's not there yet. He's got, he's got, he's got to learn. I believe he's one of us. So he'll get there eventually. That, that's not advice I can give him. I fall down the parlay hole <laughs> every single time I bet. Guys, Scott Scheffler 
uh, I like call him Scott because I don't know if I can take Scotty uh, seriously, but Scott is a, a two-time winner of PJ tour two wins in his last three events. Uh, I guess he's on the edge of superstardom, probably not superstardom, but he's a legitimate star on the PJ tour. Zach, uh, you were just talking about before we went live, you didn't necessarily see a Scheffler win even in the back nine, but he emerged in a sort of a survival of the fittest, right? I mean, and in that tournament, I mean, it was so crazy towards the end with everything that was going on. I, I, I guess he just kind of, you know, shooting even, he just didn't make any mistakes, didn't do anything crazy. So, you know, why everybody else was making bogeys and eagles and birdies and, you know, going to the lead and then somehow within three holes going to 10th and it was just kind of crazy. But uh, I think we talked about him uh, at the beginning of the year in the buy sell. And I think we were all buy on him. And I remember sometimes last year, you know, we had had conversations about, you know, he, he was a guy that a lot of us picked uh, quite often for our bets and, and said that it was just a matter of time. So it's nice. Uh, this could just be a waterfall thing where he could win a couple more times this year potentially and, you know, really try to catapult himself into, you know, stardom, as you said. I, I appreciate using the, the analogy of a waterfall instead of the floodgates analogy. I've heard that a lot mm-hmm. in the last 24 hours. Johnny, is this is this a case of Scheffler winning or basically waiting for everyone else to uh, have some sort of train wreck in the last four or five holes? Well, I, you anytime a guy wins like that, you've got to credit him with getting a win. I mean, the golf course was was almost not unplayable, but it was almost impossible to score and shoot a low number. Um, and and you know certain certain tournaments are set up like that. You look at the U S open and you've looked at, uh, you know, um, some open championships of past. It's, it's sometimes just about, um, uh, accepting what the, the elements are, the course condition, um, and, and just surviving. And that's what he did. Um, you know, if he would have had, if he would have started the day eight under par, you know, something like that, are we looking at an even par round, you know, where, where like what Horschel, um, and, and every, you know, a couple of the other leaders were, you know, it could be a completely different story. So he was kind of in the right spot there, but I mean, his round three sixty eight um, on Saturday was pretty incredible. I mean, he, he hit the ball really well and he's, uh, he's making putts. He's, he, he's hitting those six, eight footers. Um, you know, he's converting the, the short ones when he would typically miss in past years. And, and I think that's been a huge difference, um, you know, with the confidence there and, um, you know, you could, uh, you could say he kind of backed into that win, but I think the way this golf course was set up for this week, um, th- somebody was going to back into it somehow, whether it was the, the leaders, you know, coming back to the pack or someone just kind of surviving the last day and ended up winning. I'm, I'm impressed at his run, uh, obviously went in Phoenix seventh at Riviera, and then a win at Arnold Palmer and the type of fields that he's beating. We're talking about three of the best fields of the year um, and the type of golf courses he's won at. I, I, I mean, it, the, the, it's, it's been impressive and uh, I'm excited to see where he goes from here. He can become the number one player in the world this weekend. If he wins and Rom, I think finishes lower than 15th. And that's astonishing to me. I, I really can't comprehend it because I always thought we talked about Scheffler a lot. Um, 
you know, we've, we've known about him for a long time going back to his amateur days, but I, I guess I didn't see a ceiling of, of this uh, potentially, you know, I love the ceiling discussion. Um, I thought maybe top 20 guy, you know, um, I don't know, five, six time winner on tour, something like that, but he might be exceeding those expectations. Let's see if he can continue the momentum uh, as we go forward. What else from, from the API? Uh, everyone was crowning Rory on uh, Thursday evening and probably including myself. And uh, it, it was a slow, slow bleed from that point on. Um, Rory obviously made some, a little bit of news after the round with, with uh, his comments on the golf course. But before we, get, before we get to our thoughts on the course, Zach, is, is this a bit of the same old story for Rory with the last four or five years? Yeah, I mean, I, he's been struggling. He's he's better than what he's shown on the weekends uh, here recently. But, I mean, he did win the Players' Championship in 2018. So, I mean, that's just four years removed from that. And I believe I have that number right. I was doing some some stuff earlier today. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, he's won tournaments. Uh, it's just a matter of he doesn't seem to close as well as he used to. And now, I, I remember famously when Tiger was winning all these tournaments, Jack had said something to the effect of wait until he has kids in a family. And that wasn't necessarily the case with Tiger. He kind of disproved that. But, you know, maybe with Rory, his priorities, and I think we've said this previously, maybe his priorities just aren't necessarily always practice, 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 practice. And some of these young guys are just uh, especially on a course this difficult playing as hard it was just a little bit more sharp maybe don't have the overall talent don't have the ability to go as low but in a in a tournament where it's closer to even par when you're just trying not to make bogeys to lose ground there are certain guys that just play better on tournaments like that and, and maybe this is telling for Scheffler to maybe he's going to be better in like a U.S. open environment or something similar to that where it takes closer to even par to win so uh, I don't know. I mean, for Rory, I, he's he's too talented. He's going to win more tournaments. I, I he's going to win more majors. Uh, but I do. I see your face. But I, I really do. He's going to win more majors. He's young. He has a lot of time. Um, but uh, you know he what? Just though, needs to figure out a way to get out of this lull. I know, but this lull has been like eight years now. Mm -hmm. eight, like eight years. Here's the thing. You make some good points. I'm going to piggyback on that. Rory's not a he's not a grinder. He's not. He's great when he's a great front runner. He's great at firing at. We were kind of making the joke before we went live. Soft greens, middle pins. I mean, he's devastating. But when things get hard and you got to get up and down for par, I don't trust him. I don't trust him to make six footers. I know Johnny doesn't trust him to make six footers. Uh, I, that's why I question this, his medal and majors going forward. I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of these that you're going to have to win at even or two under or four under. I mean, when, when it's double digits, yeah, I'm all for Rory, but man, when things get tough, I just don't trust him. Johnny. I completely agree with, with that. That's what I was going to say is, is yes, this is kind of same old Rory, but he was met with a, um, like I said, a, an impossible golf course to, to dominate. And, you know, the golf course was pretty well set up to, to score on that first day. I mean, it's just normally golf tournaments are kind of like that. And it just progressively gets harder each day as the golf course uh, dries out and the rough grows out a little bit there. Um, but he, his game, you know, got worse and worse and worse. And he just gets too discouraged if he starts missing putts. And, and you're right. He's never really won much where 
he's had to grind out wins. Um, it's, it's always been where he's kind of, you know, set the pace and he's the, he's the lead horse and just kind of works at it. And, and then, you know, doesn't have to really uh, uh, come from behind, um, you know, for the most part there, but uh, um, you know, I will attribute this a little bit to to the golf course again because it, it was playing so hard that you're going to get good breaks, you're going to get bad breaks. You just got to deal with those, but it's kind of how you deal with them. And a lot of these guys um, seem to be a little bit more a little bit more patient with the bad shots or the bad breaks, and where where he um, seems to get a little bit was a lot more affected by him and uh, um, just plummeted that uh, the, you know the last 27 holes basically. Here's my argument. Let's just get into the golf course real quick. Um, you know, he, he Rory made comments after the round that you don't necessarily get rewarded for good shots because the week went along. We saw fairly scorable day one, less scorable each day, and that's that's been the theme for the API for three, four, five years now. Um, but you know, talking about how you don't get rewarded for good shots, that you know, that may be the case. I mean, we I've I haven't seen greens that firm and fast in a regular tour event. Um, you know, I, I threw there was a uh, um, the event outside Chicago two years ago in the FedEx Cup. I, where was the course? Um, that was, a, it was, uh, it was Olympia Fields. Olympia Fields. It was a great. It was a great tournament. Uh, that's that's the. The tournament where DJ made the putt on the 72nd hole that Rom topped him in the playoff. I think that's the last tournament I remember being this firm and fast and this difficult. But again, still five under won that tournament, five under won this tournament. Um, my argument is for Rory, would you, would would Tiger Woods in his heyday and his prime be making these comments afterward? He might talk about how tough it was, but we, he would have he would have changed his strategy at some point. We'd stop going for for pins that were impossible like 17 and 18 and just take take your medicine knowing that par is going to be good enough on a lot of these holes and maybe take advantage of the par fives uh i don't know zach did you think uh bay hill was over the line crossing the line on the weekend there no um not at all uh i think that i mean no i mean it's <laughs> it's, it's a golf course it's i saw people hit good shots and i saw people hit bad shots what i didn't see is necessarily people getting bad bounces. And what you said uh, about needing to make adjustments, you know, that's a necessary part of being skilled at golf as well. And, you know, is a good shot always the shot that goes the highest in the air and lands the softest? Or is a good shot the shot that works the best for the conditions that are is a low runner that you have to little, hit a little draw to run up and get to a back left pin instead of flying it all the way back there and hoping for it to stop a better shot at that time. I think that, you know, everybody now just tries to hit the ball high and straight and long. And sometimes when it's windy or when it's super firm, maybe keeping the ball a little bit closer to the ground and playing it more British open style might be the better, better way to play a course that firm. But again, they're professionals getting paid to do that. And I'm just a guy that plays on the weekends. Most. So I don't really have a whole lot of room to question what their decisions are. Um, but no, I, I don't think Tiger at any point ever would have said this is unfair or anything like that. He, he would have just sucked it up, said that it was playing difficult. But, but if I remember, he always said, but everybody's playing the same course. And that's obviously cliche, but it is true. 
Absolutely. Yeah. My, I mean, I, I give Rory a pass. I, I love what Rory has to say. Usually I usually agree with them. I, I don't necessarily agree with them because this is, this is one or two events a year where the conditions are like this. I'd like to see him just really tough it out, figure out a way to get it done Win a tournament that is not necessarily uh, tailored to his game as far as, as the difficulty of the course. Um, I don't know, Johnny, where, where, where do you, uh, where do you stand on this? I'm back and forth, but I, I lean towards it being too, too much. It, it, I think it did cross the line. And, and why mm. I say that is if you hit, if you hit a perfect golf shot, you were, you were chipping from behind the green from, from the thick rough. And it's not like a, it's not like a, a an open championship co- golf course where you've got the ability to, to run the ball up, um, to land it short of the green. I mean, this is an American golf course where it is, um, you know, flying the ball on the green. And I think the, the issue though, um, because this is real similar to a U.S. Open setup. I mean, it was it was as close to one, if not a U.S. Open setup, that you could get. I think what the issue was is the players knew it was going to be hard, but they were expecting ten or eleven under, you know, where they could get around and they could still shoot in the sixties if they played well. But the fact that it was probably playing ten or eleven under on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, and even on Thursday. And then the golf course, it, it started to flip on Friday. It started to, to bake out a little bit. Um, and then Saturday became, a, a, like I said, I'll say it again, U.S. Open golf course. And I, I, I don't think, maybe it wasn't unfair in, in that way, but I just think they were so unprepared for how the golf course significantly changed. And I think that's that was the part that I think, you know, that, that, that concern or, or made Rory make the comments like that is whether it, uh, it, it became, they were just kind of surprised by it. And, you know, we've talked about it. We've joked about it. You know, these pros are, are you know, they're pampered. Um, you know, they want, you know, the golf courses are set up what, you know, damp and, and, you know, cause they want PG tour wants birdies. They want, they want the action and all that. And I don't mind that this is a tough, tough venue but i think it was just the way it started versus the way it finished was such a such a shock there and then you know when everybody plays bad you know if you play but you know in a, in a two or three day tournament you know, city championship you play well the first day you play a little bit worse the second day you play bad the last day and then you're just kind of grumpy and grouchy and you're just like this golf course was just playing too hard you know it's happened to me i can't tell you how many years um in the four Wayne city tournament so you know i can only imagine this becoming one of at on Sunday was one of the hardest golf courses in the world in that condition. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it was, it was more of that, but it was, I mean, if these guys hit a good shot, they were they They were not making it on the green. Now, if they knew more of the strategy coming in, maybe they were a little, more, a little bit more prepared that if the pins back left, you got to just hit it to 75 feet and, hopefully make par, you know, maybe it's a different story. Maybe it's talked about as, Oh, what a great track, great conditions and, and everything like that. But I think that was, uh, that was the big thing. And, and I just don't think that the the players, you know, they, they just really didn't take it. Well, that's definitely true. I, it sounded like the players and not just from Rory weren't thrilled with the setup. 
you know, I wonder if, if when things get a little firmer and faster than even the, you know, the golf course is expected to be like it did on Sunday, maybe making the, the pins just a little bit more accessible would make a big difference. You know, like pins on 17 where it was just a death trap, uh, you know, maybe putting that in a more reasonable spot on the left side of the green where it's more accessible so you can lay it on the front and run it up like Zach was talking about. So yeah, there was it was definitely as tough as as you could ask for. Um, I, I enjoy watching these guys get tested in a way that they're not tested normally. Like I said, the U.S. Open usually maybe um, certain PGAs we've seen it that way. The Masters is normally a little bit different animal where you know the teams win the tournament. So I I just I enjoy seeing the test. It, I, and, and maybe and maybe they, Bay Hill is a great setup for that because of the long, thick roughs around the greens where there's, it's basically you miss the green and who can who can get it up and down from a thick lie and maybe you know greens with runoffs are a little bit more fun to watch. I know I enjoy watching those types of setups a little bit more to see who's got different shots around the green, more imagination than just a. You know, I got to hit my 56 or 58 and flop it out. And hopefully it doesn't take off 25 feet past on these greens that are like glass. Uh, so I get the arguments. Um, I still enjoy it. Sounds like Zach's in my my camp. I'm a little surprised Johnny landed where where um, where he did. But, you know, I guess I'll just I'll just put you in the pampered fuck camp at, with the <laughs> PGA Tour guys now. That's fine. <laughs> Well, I, you know, and, and I would just say, just think about the the shot that Billy Horschel hit on 17. Um, you know, he needed, he needed to make birdie because he was four under, he was one back Scheffler, um, mm-hmm. hit uh, just a gorgeous seven iron. I mean, right at the pin, landed four or five feet short. And that's okay if it doesn't stop right there and leave himself six feet. But he w- he was then chipping the ball and the, 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 the rough is so gnarly that you're, you're not going to chip the ball in. I mean, you're going to have to struggle to get up and down. So that was, that was just the one thing I took away from it that it was like, okay, these guys are hitting these pure golf shots and you know, there, there's just, there's just no way. I mean, and I like that idea of maybe softening up the pin condition, you know, or the pin difficulty, I should say, and, and make them a little more accessible. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been just fine, you know, just uh, right. giving these guys a little bit of a chance. And I don't want them to shoot 15 under par at Bay Hill, but, you know, mm-hmm. it was just, it was just such a, a struggle that it just made it not tough to watch, but it was just not, not the greatest of, of golf. Speaking of tough to watch, uh, Gary Woodland on uh, 17 uh, takes I mean, t- takes the lead with a, just an unbelievable eagle on 16 and then really tough to watch on 17 and then stumbles in on 18 as well. That that really was tough to watch because I, I was really pulling for him. Um, and I think everyone sort of likes Woodland. He's got a good guy vibe. Uh, that was tough. What else? Uh, any other takes? Hovland's kind of faltered. Uh, we Zach and I were talking about Chris Kirk probably could have won this tournament pretty easily with a halfway decent putter. Uh, but yeah, Zach with a couple of great calls, Scott or not I'm Scott, I'm sorry, Chris Kirk and Gary Woodland top tens. Those were both over plus 500. So nice calls there. Johnny hits his matchups. Uh, anything else for you guys? Oh, we all whiffed on Scott, uh, mm. you know, really mm. made us look smart in the first round. And then, yeah honestly, for the first 27 holes, and then he hit the back nine on the second round, and everything fell apart from there. Uh, yeah. No, I I thought it was another successful year, I think, for the API, and uh, I guess the one thing, 
I, I don't know why we never brought this up, but I don't remember exactly who it is, but the gentleman who two years in a row now has been hitting in Arnie's reserve spot. Uh, I cannot think of who it is. Dylan for people. Yeah. But people were going crazy over that. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I would not personally hit in that spot because if that's the reason that it's in there, uh, I would stay away from it, but I also don't have any issue with him doing it. Do you guys have thoughts on that? I'm just kind of interested. I haven't talked to anybody whatsoever about this, just what I've read online. Johnny. The fucking square of grass that's covered by a, by an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Jesus goddamn Christ. Mm-hmm. I get it. If you don't want anybody here, rope it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. I don't disagree with Dan Rappaport there trying to play, trying to play the police there by tweeting it out that it's just gross and everything like that. It's not like he's dancing on his coffin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I, I agree too. I just, that was, that was a great response, Johnny. Uh, I like Dan Rappaport. <laughs> I really enjoy his work. I do too. Um, I do too. I do too. By the way, if you have not read Dan Rappaport's story on Morgan Hoffman, it's the best golf article i've read this year it's awesome it's seriously so, so interesting um i don't know what anything else for you johnny from arnold palmer about or any players to comment on no i i'm glad you mentioned woodland um i was rooting for him um i did live bet him because and you know there was a lot of opportunities there's a lot of guys at long odds that were only like two shots back and i really thought that that one was going to hit after he uh, he made that uh, that eagle there, but it's good to see him playing good. I mean, you know, he's had some injuries since he won the U.S. Open. Um, you know, he played well um, at the, at Honda. Um, obviously, played well here, so it's just just good to see. And uh, you know, other than that, we're ready for the uh, the uh, the Players Championship here. All caps. Yeah. Oh, before we get into that, uh, I, I do have a version of buy or sell for you guys. I got five players at uh, buy or sell. What's your first initial thoughts when I say their name? Uh, buy or sell, Will Zalatoris, Johnny? Ooh. I- I'm going to buy. Still buying. Uh, man, I got to say, our picks looked amazing on Thursday. <laughs> Rory, Zalatoris. I was like, I was like, let's end it. We're we're gonna we're gonna get this thing. One yeah. of us will. Uh, Zach, by He's yourself. Close. He's close. Uh, for this tournament or for career? <laughs> I knew you're gonna go like the micro or macro. I, just it's hard. Just it's hard. Buy, buy yourself. Today. Uh, I'm neutral on him. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, buy or sell Victor Hovland, Zach. Buy. Okay, Johnny. Buy it all up. Huge buy on him. I'm buying too, but I, I kind of want to see him win a big boy event or, or a tournament that is not, I guess, I, I guess I, maybe too much is made on the U.S. soil kind of narrative, but I did, I did want to see Havlin win a big, a big guy tournament. So I'm still interested in seeing him do that. Uh, buy or sell John Rahm, Johnny. I'm going to sell. Hmm. Mm, that, that putter, that, that short putter is so bad right this moment. You know what's worse? Right this moment. I mean, his, he's hit the ball. His chipping's worse. His chipping is worse than his putting. Surprising. Yeah, yeah that's. I mean, the whole short game. But man, he yeah. can't. He can't make a putt if his 
not life dependent on it, but pretty damn close. I mean, I, I think I think he's close. Uh, you know, he's the, he's that good that I'm hoping he'll get it back by Augusta. But I'll sell him right now. Zach, I'll buy. I think he's just too talented. I mean, he's one long putt made away from gaining his confidence back. I'm kind of in the camp of of Zach there. I'm, I think I buy too because his ball striking is still elite. It was still, I think, I think he was second in strokes gained to, um, uh, to the green this last week. So once he gets that flipped, he he might. And now his numbers are dropping. I'm terrified of him for the Players Championship. Honestly, um, who else do I have? Oh, uh, buy or sell Billy Ho, Zach. So. I think that uh, I just don't think that he has the power on most golf courses. Uh, a place like Bay Hill that was playing as difficult as it what it was was kind of something that brought the field a little bit closer together. And and I've I like Billy Horschel, you know that I like him. I like his fieriness. I like all that. But I sell him against the power of everybody else, and it makes me terrible feel terrible to say that, but. Power is kind of king anymore in, in the game. A lot of times, Shuffler is kind of showing that a, a guy that's powerful, big, was able to kind of withstand that difficult test that this weekend held mentally and physically. Johnny Billy, I'm going to sell Billy. Um, he's he can be kind of streaky, and you know he's he always plays well in Florida, uh, but. You know, after that, it, it just kind of gets a little bit up and down. Um, still a really good player, but uh, um, I think we've we've seen some good play from him, and I think we're gonna we're gonna see a little bit of a, a downturn on his results here coming up. Uh, yep, yeah, I, I would sell Billy as well. I, he has played some good golf, uh, but I I just don't I don't know if I ever trust him, and he has the upside to win uh, in these kind of fields consistently he has done it in his career i just um plus i, I just have a personal facility really mainly uh guys the players championship it's here um I, one of the things that i enjoy about this this tournament and it's it's no different than the masters is that i, I feel like we all know these holes and we've we've played it on the the tiger video games for 20 25 years We've been watching this. It's it's just one of these courses that once it hits the back nine or, you know, even certain holes in the front nine, but once it hits the back nine, you, you know every spot on this golf course. It's a extremely viewable tournament. Uh, the finish is as good as any on tour with 16, 17, and 18, and the type of shots that you have to pull off and, and, and hit. It provides a really unique test. This is also a golf course that doesn't really suit any type of player and Johnny and I were talking about this today that there's, there's, there's not necessarily one type of player. We've seen guys that are short when you're like Webb Simpson, we've seen, uh, you know, bombers win here, uh, like tiger and Mickelson, I guess, back in their heyday. Um, and then we've seen elite iron players, which seems to be the trend, uh, going back to Justin Thomas last year, uh, Zach, your thoughts on the players and who are the type of guys that you think, would fit this golf course best if if any could. I mean, I think if any could, it's I just I think it's always going to be ball strikers. I mean, the closer you hit the ball to the hole, the more likely you are to make a putt, and that's for everybody: great putters, bad putters, all putters, really. So, uh, 
obviously there are certain courses that fit bombers better, certain courses that fit you know, players that are better positioning. But I think anybody that can strike the ball well, uh, approach into the green, uh, I think is always kind of going to have an advantage. Uh, when it comes to this tournament, I don't, I, like you said, I don't think it fits anybody in particular. Uh, we've seen, like I said, multiple winners of various different styles. So it's kind of one of the favorite weeks of the entire year because you really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it's hard to just pick, you know, you can't just slot, say like, okay, I'm going to put five power players over here. And I think these guys have a better chance of winning than anybody else. You know, you kind of just got to look at past trends of you know who's normally in the top 20 over the past five ten years and you know just try to make educated guesses uh, betting wise on that but tournament wise to watch just visually this is one of the most fun 17 is obviously excellent um yeah I, I enjoy this week i think it's great johnny you made a really good point uh, earlier today uh, i can't remember what it was because it was probably 10 hours ago but uh, it was it was sort of along the line of 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 what Zach said. Um, I, I don't know. Elaborate on your thoughts about this course and, and maybe why it doesn't fit any one player. Well, well then yeah, first on the course, which, which hopefully will kind of make, make the point here is so it's designed by Pete guy. Uh, one of the, probably the, between him and Jack Nicholas and probably Tom Doak is the, the, the best golf course designer um, in, in our era. Um, this was a collaboration between him and Dean Beeman, which is the former uh, commissioner of the PGA Tour, who was a former player, good player in his own right. They wanted to build a golf course that would host um, a, a big time PGA Tour event. Um, so they built it to, um, you know, to be challenging, but to also have a really, really good finish. And the one thing about Pete Dye golf courses, and this is about most of them. Uh, of his quality ones is he tries to mess with your mind. Um, you stand on the tee and you, he just does not want you to feel comfortable over your tee shot. Then if you get in the fairway, he then doesn't want you to feel comfortable over your next shot. So like, if you look like Jack Nicholas as a, as a designer, a lot of his whole uh, golf holes that he designs are, are left to right with wide driving areas. Cause he was a big, long semi crooked hitter, but he was a really good iron player. So he'd have really difficult green complexes and he hit a fade. So he liked left to right holes that required a right hander's fade. So what, what uh, Pete Dye has always done, and especially with this golf course, is there's there's dogleg rights, there's dogleg lefts, there's ones that are that are straight, but the tee might be set off just slightly different to just mess with your mind a little bit. But he's he actually was quoted as saying is his golf courses generally aren't that difficult. He just makes them look difficult, and and that's what he's always done, and. We, we've talked about it like last year when we were looking at different metrics as far as um, guys who we liked, um, you know, with strokes gain. We looked at designers and guys who usually play well on Pete Dye golf courses play well on all the Pete Dye golf courses because they, they, they like the designs. They like the, the angles and, and everything like that. But um, the way this one's set up is, is especially like that. And it's it's probably I think it's his best design that, that he's had as far as just a fun hard golf course and that's why this course really doesn't favor anybody um because it's you know it, it kind of just basically um um favors who's playing well currently because you've got to be a good ball striker you've got to get it 
in play. You got to hit your tee shots well. You've got to hit your irons well. And of course, you've got to make putts as well to win a golf tournament. So, you know, you mentioned strokes gained approach. Absolute 100% in idea there. I do like the off the tee as well. So I would just say tee to green is, is a pretty critical uh, strokes gain. But also, you got to look at how, uh, how guys um, have finished. Um, at this tournament, um, there's, there's, there's a couple players. Uh, I'll just pick one Jordan Spieth. I don't know if he's ever made the cut here. I think he has one time, but he, he just, he, he just struggles on his golf course. And, you know, even when he was uh, winning the major championships and everything like that, he struggled. So you got to look at that. You got to look at the course history here, but you've got to really look at who's playing well. And I think the odds that we're going to look at are really going to reflect that. I think the odds makers have really kind of caught on who's playing well and and so those long odds ones are going to be real hard to find some gold in because you know they're, they're probably not coming in with much form and and i think that's what we're going to end up seeing but that's that's a, an interesting caveat about this golf course is yeah it doesn't favor a certain golfer uh the weather is going to be rough on saturday and sunday with some rain and it's going to be cold over the weekend so guys who usually hit the ball well in the wind here with all the water that's on the golf course um, that's what we're going to be looking for. That's a fantastic breakdown. Uh, good analysis for sure. Yeah, Jordan Spieth finished fourth here in 2014. He's missed the cut for the last six uh, uh, tournaments uh, at the players. So, yeah, he's struggled here for sure. Um, a little bit more of the course specs, guys. It's not a long golf course under 7,200 yards. Uh, Bermuda overseeded with uh, Bent and Poa. Uh, obviously a die track, so – you know, when we talk about the course comps, we're talking about Harbor Town, um, uh, TPC River Highlands is another die course. Um, so it is good to see, like Johnny mentioned, these guys that have had some crossover success uh, at die courses. The two names that I think of immediately are Webb Simpson and Siwoo Kim. They've won at Sawgrass, and they've, uh, you know, they've they've won at uh, well, the Webb's won at uh, Harbor Town. Um, so I, I just think of these guys that are comfortable on these type of tracks. I love what Johnny said with the visual manipulation of just trying to trick your eye um, on these die courses. And, uh, you know, it really can affect some people. And really, it's just you're talking about strategic positional tee shots, not necessarily long, but it's it's positioning you for the right um, angle on the second shot for the approach. Um, and then it really just penalizes these approaches that are even just a little bit off with, you know, the type of strategic bunkering that they've had. They have somewhere around some of these greens and off of some of the tees. So it, it is a really it's kind of a um, I think it gives some people and I've heard Rory talk about this. I've heard DJ talk about this, that it's just it doesn't make you comfortable uh, on a lot of these these tee shots, um, a lot of these approach shots because of all those things that we mentioned. Um, I, I think the main stat to consider uh, strokes gain approach talked about earlier. Um, good. The percent of good drives gain. That's a very specific stat. So not even necessarily fairways, but just um, what would be considered even like the first cut, as long as there's a high percentage of those um, uh, bo bogey avoidance, double bogey avoidance, avoiding the train wrecks. Um, you know, we saw last week at API, a bogey won't kill you, but sometimes a double bogey is devastating. We saw it basically end Gary Woodland's tournament when it really didn't need to. Um, so I'm ready to get into the field. Um, I think it's going to be an awesome week. Uh, guys, DraftKings is laying down some crazy lines this week. Um, I've, I've, I had to, I was, 
double checking all morning, like, is this, what are these other books doing? And I don't, I don't know. And, and the complaint all year on Twitter from the DFS community and the gambling community is that DraftKings is the worst. And, and, and as far as the odds go, they're usually not as good as the other books, but this week, I don't know if they're making up for it because there was some really crazy numbers uh, early this morning. And uh, I'll be interested to get your guys takes on those, but as of right now, this is the first time I can say this in a few weeks that John Rahm's in the field and he's not the outright favorite right now. He is the co-favorite on DraftKings. Uh, he and Justin Thomas are at plus 1,000 as co-favorites. Rory is at 16 to 1. Colin is at 16 to 1. Scheffler, as we mentioned before, on a tear, he's at 20 to 1. Cantley and Hovland also at 20 to 1. And Hideki and Xander are at 25 to 1. Uh, those are the numbers under uh, plus 3,000. Of course, search other books, um, you know, if, 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 or the book of your choice potentially for other numbers, as we always say. Talking about these numbers, though, guys, I, I'm going to I'm gonna phrase it in a different way. Normally, I ask you guys who you like. Tell me, tell me a guy you're going to be scratching off from the top here, a guy or two that you don't like for whatever reason, if it's the number or if it's the form. Johnny? I, I'm going to... Uh... I hate to do this. I'm going to fade Scott Scheffler, though, um, just because he won. And it's going to be hard to win a couple weeks in a row. Um, you got to think he's going to be a little bit spent from the round. So 20 to 1, I think, is 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 pretty fair, pretty market for what he should be. But to, for him to win, I think that's a really, really tall task. Um, and the other guy, uh, well, actually... The, the, I'll, I'll give you two more. Pat Cantlay, um, just for course history, um, don't really like him here. He's he's struggled. I know you and I have have been high on him in previous years, and he's 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 hurt us bad. He's hurt us bad here. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I think this is what is this his first event in Florida this year? He didn't play in any of the other ones. So right. you know, he's a he's a California dude so you know that and one guy i would normally love at this event is is hideki um but he didn't play well last week and you know i don't i don't know if he kind of was peaking in the hawaii event at sony you know he had a pretty good stretch there dating back to the end of last year so i i'm seeing some regression there so those are the three i think i'm gonna end up avoiding for sure this week okay I didn't see Hideki coming. I mean, he was the 2020 winner of this this event, right? I mean, based on the first round score, he was. Um, his, he his game fits this this event, but it's not not this week though. <laughs> Zach, Zach, give me some cross offs here at the top. Uh, I would cross off Rom. I think you know you guys talking about his putting. It's just not good enough for plus one thousand. I just don't think the odds are good enough. The field's too strong. There's too many people with with better history at this course with much longer odds. Um, and I would scratch off Rory personally just from a little bit of, you know, Rory's not really a guy that that takes his beating and then comes back swinging the next week. He's normally a guy that kind of stays in a lull for a second, then takes a break, and then comes back swinging after he's cleared his head. And he has not had enough time to clear his head. And just in my opinion, I could be totally wrong, but I, I would not put money on Rory this week out of my wallet. Hmm. I don't I don't mind that. I, I, I would be on board with that as well, I think. Um, 
Rory's kind of goes off of these positive vibes now, and it doesn't, mm-hmm. not a lot of great vibes from Friday through Sunday of last week. Um, I'm, this pains me to say, uh, because I, I probably bet this guy to win more often since we've been doing this show than, than anyone else, but it's, it's Justin Thomas at 10 to one. It's, it's, it's hard to bet the favorite period. There's never been a back-to-back winner at the players. Um, so I don't, I don't see JT doing it. Um, his iron game obviously is, is tailor-made for this course. Um, but he's not been putting well. He hasn't been putting well for a while. And I, and to be honest, guys, I can get a much, much better version of Justin Thomas right now at 16 to one in Colin Morikawa. And uh, he does everything that JT does just as well, except he can do everything a little bit better right now. And uh, the numbers are a lot better. So I think I would be fading JT and um, I would probably also fade Xander Shocker at 25 to one as well. Um, I don't think he's got necessarily much of a course history here. And uh, am I really going to trust Xander on 17 and 18 on Sunday to hit the shots that he needs to hit to to close out the players? Uh, no, I'm not. Um, so, Johnny, who are you betting at the top? Morikawa is the first guy that jumps out, like you said. I mean, he's he's the same version, whatever, or better odds version of of JT and didn't win it last year. Like, like you said, I think you have to eliminate JT just because winning back-to-back would be just an unbelievably impressive feat. So not to say that he can't and not to say that his game isn't ready to do that, but uh, my card's going to start with Morikawa. Um, I've actually already bet him uh, a couple times there. Um, I like him a lot. and. I, I'm, I'm on the fence on Vic Hovland. I wouldn't mind it. I think he's, I think last Sunday's round was the outlier just with the tough conditions. Um, but at 20 to one is, it, you know, it, does he have the, the quality win equity? Like you had said earlier in the show, absolutely not, but he's got the talent. So I don't know if I'll bet him to win, but you know, I think he can, I, I see a top 10 or top 15 finish at, uh, for this week. Hovland, okay, so we've talked about his short game for a while. It was it was really exposed on the weekend with, I mean, his bunker play was not good. And, and I know it's the hardest of circumstances, but it didn't give me any confidence going forward. If you're talking about a, a bit of a scramble fest, if people are missing greens, that's Hovland's not the guy that you want when you got to get up and down. I just have questions about that going forward. But um, obviously his ball striking should translate this week. Zach, what about you? I'm going to pair Johnny on Morikawa. I think all three of us are. Uh, you know, we eliminated basically everybody else in, in this category and that eliminated game. So, um, I, for me, uh, for me, I like Hideki, uh, you know, just for course history. Uh, but Morikawa would be the person that I'd put my money on uh, in this range. So, Yeah. Yeah, sweep it. Uh, I love Morikawa. I was hunting Morikawa lines at 6.30 this morning. I was trying to find the best one, and I was just going to go big on it. Um, so I did. I, I placed the biggest bet I've ever placed on any player 
since I've been uh, betting golf for what, two and a half years now. So I'm all in on Morikawa. I feel like he's going to win this week. I feel like this course is tailor-made for um, his game. He's a very accurate off driver off the tee, puts in the right positions and he's deadly with the irons. And we know he's a, yeah, he's a, he is a streaky putter, but also he seems like he's become a little bit more consistent this year, um, this season so far. And his peaks are, when he peaks, he wins. And when he's in the, and when he's in the positive, he at least contends. And I, I just don't see, I don't see a path where Morikawa doesn't at least contend in this tournament where it's come Sunday morning. I'm not talking about him at least being in the top five. I just can't see it. He is just, and he is, his form is great right now. And like I said, he is just a better version of JT and if he's on the 72nd hole and he's got to get a drive in the fairway, I trust him to do that as well. Um, so every, every part of what Morikawa is doing is um, trustworthy. I can't believe he's still 16 to one. I think he's underrated. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Colin as well with you guys. 30 to 50. We got uh, Adam Scott past champion here. He's been playing mostly well this season. Cam Smith at 30 to one hasn't done a lot since the century tournament champions win Berger at 35. He's coming off that rough Sunday at Honda Brooks is down to 35. We'll talk about him in a second because he was at a extremely high number this morning. Uh, Sergio at 40 to one Dustin Johnson, uh, 40 to one talk about him too. Fitzpatrick at 40 to one. He is overall the strokes gained leader on tour this season strokes gained in all categories. That's a bit of a shocker. Sanjay, Shane Lowry, Jordan Spieth, Will Zalatoris all at 50 as well. Um, so Brooks Kapka guys, um, when I was, when I was searching these lines early this morning, I saw Brooks, uh, was at a number that I, I couldn't believe I, he was coming in at 50 to one and I didn't really understand it, uh, based off of recent form where he played well at Honda, didn't contend, but played well. I think he finished top 20, uh, good ball striking week, poor putting week. And then going back to Phoenix where he was, uh, in contention also didn't really put well on Sunday. Um, Brooks has had a decent history here. Uh, so that just seemed like a no brainer to me. So I got him at 50. I'm glad I did. Cause he's all the way down to 35 to one. I still think mm-hmm. it's, a, I still think it's a decent number on Brooks. Zach, do you think, uh, you think Brooks has a chance to, to, uh, to win this tournament, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I just think this is at least a tournament that'll get him to be excited about. So, you know, he'll put forth an effort. It, the thing with him's always been, you know, up for the majors, not up for any other tournament. So, you know, with this being uh, the tournament that it is, uh, I think he'll be up for it. I was surprised to see that number. I did not see 50 to one. That's insane. Uh, I'm excited you got that. And if he wins, I'll be cheering for you uh, on my couch. Um, but yeah, I, I, no, I really will. I mean, <laughs> I think that that's, uh, I think that that's a great number for him. There's a couple. There's a couple people here this week that I think the numbers are are pretty crazy on uh, in this in this area. That I think there's more value in this range than what there is in the, the top two range, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think God 50, 50 to one is an insane number. Uh, I like DJ at forty to one as well in this range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've told Johnny earlier today that I've 
I mean, again, betting is for the light that we have uh, in Indiana since 2019. I have not seen DJ pass 30 to one. So the fact that mm-hmm. it's 41 is it's almost an autoplay. I mean, if I mean, if you're betting on all these guys ceilings, which we do. Um, mm-hmm. his ceiling, his ceiling is as high as anyone. Now his form hasn't been great. He hasn't really played a lot, but his, his history here has gotten better. Uh, the last three or four, um, uh, you know, renditions of this tournament. I think he finished top five in the year Rory won. I remember his ball striking that year was, was really elite and he, the putter let him down, but I think at 40 to one, it's almost an autoplay. John, are you on board with mm-hmm. that? Yes, I am. Um, I mean, the, the form's not there, and that's why the, the odds are that low and everything like that. But I, I think when we've talk, we've always talked about it. when these guys get to a certain number, you know, you just you just got to play them. Um, you know, you, whether you put a big bet on them or, or small, um, you don't want to be left out of that number and not, not be the one to get them. So, yeah. So with, with DJ, I, I bet him when you uh, when you gave me some of the lines this morning um at what we got him at and then i did get kepka as well at, at 50 to 1 and actually if you go to right like right now uh, you know i don't know when this podcast is going to come out and everything and when people will read this but he's 48 to 1 on FanDuel still so you know so if you're going to get in on him get in on him here soon because he's still he's still up there but uh the guys who can b- both win i mean they they just you know they they get a swing thought start hitting the ball well, make some putts and, and, you know, with the weather, you just don't know how these other guys are going to, you know, what kind of draw they're going to get with the tee times and how they're going to be able to, to adjust to it and everything. But yeah, for, and everything else here in this range, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good value here that I'm looking at. I mean, yeah, DJ, I like Brooks, um, Daniel Berger. I mean, you know, should have won just a couple weeks ago there. Um, seemed to handle it pretty well. I mean, as straight vibing as he can be, he handled that, uh, that, that Sunday round pretty, pretty damn good. I mean, to be honest right. with you. And I mean, his game fits, fits this golf course. I mean, I, I, I really like him quite a bit there and, and I think I'm going to add him to my card there. Um, and then also you mentioned just a second ago, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick plays tough golf course as well. I've talked about him. Um, you know, a couple weeks here, I didn't have him on my card, um, uh, this last week here. And I think he backdoored a top 10 mm-hmm. finished eighth or ninth or something like that. So played pretty solidly there. So I think his, uh, um, I looked at the last 30 rounds and I think he's in the top 10 or 12 T to green as far as the rankings there and the approach, he's got to be probably top 20, 25. So good value on, on a lot of these numbers here and shop around for sure. But, you know, those are some of the names that I, uh, that really jumped out at me. I, th- I think both you guys like Fitzpatrick a little bit more than I do. Um, I, I know Zach's talked about him before. I, I respect his ability to play tough golf courses. Um, he's usually top 10, top 15, top 20 finisher. And a lot of these, these, um, higher echelon tournaments. I just don't think he's going to win. I just don't think he's going to beat this field. I, I think a top 10, that's fine. Um, that's just my opinion. Fitzpatrick's not so much for me. Zach, who else do you like in this range? Uh, I like Lowry. Tends to play a uh, difficult golf course as well. Uh, been playing well. Uh, and I, I don't really have any reason other than when I saw his name. I don't know. I just kind of got this feeling in my head that this may be a Shane Lowry week. He's kind of been building up a little bit. And uh, yeah, I like Lowry in this range as well. 
trashy weather too. I mean, you know, should have won at uh, at at Honda. There just got got unlucky with the Sepp Straka birdie on the last hole. I, I, mm-hmm. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. Um, Sanjay is kind of. You would think Sanjay is is built a little bit for this tournament. He plays Florida golf. Uh, very, very well. Uh, you know, he won the Honda a couple of years ago, traditionally played the Arnold Palmer uh, really well. Uh, great iron player. 50 to one is is a decent number on him, I think. Um, I, I don't know if I'm, I'll touch it, but it's at least considering um, for, uh, you know, a guy that's not in the top tier. Uh, moving on, guys, uh, past 50 to one, I guess 55 up to about 75 to one. Um, you know, we talked about Horschel. He's in this mix. Uh, Louie is in this mix at 55 to one. Uh, Siwu, a past winner at 65 to one. Terrell Hatton, who played really, really well again last week. Uh, he is a horse for the course at the API. He's at 65. Corey Connors flashed a little bit over the weekend. He's at 70 to one. Just to name a few, there's some others in here. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Louis Oosthuizen? I mean, is there any any hope for him to win a golf tournament? I don't think his form has been necessarily as good as it was last year at this point, right? No, I don't think he's been uh, playing as well. Go ahead, Johnny. I said he uh, um, he played the first couple rounds at Phoenix. Okay, that was his first event. And then when he came over to Florida, he uh, um, did not play well. So I don't think he's going to win anyways just because I, I, I don't see him – because he never does. He win, <laughs> it just feels like it's like it's going to be a fluke if he ends up winning in the United States. But, but I mean, a top, you know, you could probably, I mean, plus four fifty on a top ten, you're probably looking at plus two hundred on a top twenty. Uh, he's one of the top ball strikers in the field, you know, most of the time. So I actually like him a lot in in matchups potentially, and even in some, uh, you know, it, even in to finish pretty high. Um, I'm going to look at a lot of the guys who played well last week. Um, I don't know Terrell Hatton's history here, but I, I don't mind the play, but with the weather, it kind of concerns me because I don't know if he's a guy who handled, I know he's from England and I know he, you know, but if that weather's, if, is he going to lose his patience basically, you know, mm-hmm. which is something he could easily do there, but um, yeah, it's we'll see on that. It's not good. What's that? Not good. Not history. good. Miss, missed okay. a cut the last three years. And uh, right, we're, out on, yeah. we're gonna fade we're gonna fade <laughs> Tyrrell. Fade Tyrrell. And then uh Corey Connors. Um I don't is he gonna get his uh is he gonna get a win here? I don't know because it seems like you know he contends in a lot of these events, but bad weather, uh supreme ball striker, look at him in, in the top ten, top twenty or something. Um you know, there's some decent opportunities here i don't know if i like any of the these guys coming out to win though i think we're going to see it from the previous uh previous group of guys we talked about i'm going to share my connor story real quick um zach i was i live bet connor's to start the day yesterday at 80 to 1 and i was like okay connor's we know what he can do with the with with irons maybe he gets hot and he shoots a 68 and 
he could potentially win this tournament. And there he is. He's playing the 12th hole, the par five. He's one under for the day. He's tied for third. NBC hasn't mentioned him once. They haven't shown a shot. And I text Johnny. I said, they haven't even mentioned Connors once. And I'm thinking, I got a shot here. They've, the first time they show him is with a three footer for par. And you know, he's going to goddamn miss it because they haven't showed him all day. <laughs> and he yeah. blew that one by almost missed the comebacker, never to be seen again. That's the Corey mm-hmm. Connors experience, uh, pretty much in a nutshell, though. But I, I also, I do this thing though. I, I jinx the hell out of these guys. I, it's, it's uncanny. I'll be like, man, look out! He's, he's making a run. Then the next hole, double bogey. It's guaranteed. I, I'm not saying a damn word this week about any of the guys I bet. So that's my, 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 my Corey story. Uh, Zach, <laughs> what, what do you got in this range, if anyone? Siwoo Kim. Uh, mm, excellent yeah. history here. Winner, uh, multiple top 20s. Um, again, I, I don't think that I'm going to bet money for him to win here. Wouldn't be a bad bet to, to put a little bit down at, at 65 to 1. But, uh, you know, his number of like plus 300 at top 20, not bad. Plus 110, top 40. That's plus 110, top 40 is, uh, is a pretty nice number for him. Um, I also like Corey Connors and and Abe Answer uh, at 6,500 has pretty good results the last few years. Um, So you can get him top 20 at plus 250, and I don't think that's a terrible bet. Yeah. Okay. Guys, past past that range, kind of 80 to 1 and lower. Um, Anybody you're targeting for top 10s, top 20s? Um, I, I know we're not probably talking about a winner down here. You never know, but, um, Johnny, anyone that you're looking at for any of the other, uh, placement markets? I'm, I'm still in on, on Cam Young. Mm-hmm. Um, he started out, he actually played the Bay Hill pretty well. And then, um, weekend faded off with, uh, with the difficulty of the course, like you said, not looking to, to win, but you know, you could definitely find a lot of value in a in a top ten, top twenty, top thirty. You know, however you want to bet him. Um, I think, like we, like I said earlier in the, in the podcast, that uh, you know, guys who have good form, and I think that's a that's a pretty solid play there. Um, I really want to throw in there, and I I talked about him as a maybe two weeks ago and he ended up playing well was Bo Hostler. And I, I, again, every time I see his name, I just like, there's no way this, this dude's gonna, gonna end up playing well. Like he, he's, he's playing well. I mean, he's just, dude, there's good golf there. And I don't think he's got any course history here. I mean, maybe he's played in, I didn't even look to see him before we said this, but uh Hostler's a name that's that stuck out. And uh, Joel Damon, that's another guy who uh, um, I think, I think can play well in the wind. Um, you know, he won in uh, uh, what island? One of the islands there uh, during one of the off events mm-hmm. um, last year. Um, good ball striker. Um, I think he can kind of have the patience to to get around this golf course and um, um, get that. But at two hundred fifty to one, that's you know, I, not, maybe not to win there, but I just want to say also say. 250 to one. He has the same odds as Patrick Reed. I mean, yeah, that's, insane. I just, yeah, I know you mentioned that earlier t- to me that he was 250 to one, but this is the first I've actually seen it. I just, 
staggering. That is that is hard to look at, but it's not long. I don't think. No, I, but I, it poses opportunity. Somebody's going to hit that when he finally comes back, and it just keeps getting more and more enticing. I'm not saying it's going to happen this time, but at some point, he's going to come back and he's going to pose a great opportunity. Can I share with you the uh, the used golf facts tweet of the day? Patrick reads. Yes. I think I think we think it's Justine. Um, Dan Rappaport, our guy, was talking about the sub air system with all the rain that's expected. About he said it's not as easy as flipping a switch and so forth. And uh, she responded to him and said, "Wrong, Dan. That the sub air is as simple as flipping a switch. This is why the tour uses it for quote unquote their guys. They turn it off to keep the green soft for Rory and Spieth, and then they turn it on to dry out the greens for one Patrick Reed." So good. What? Jeez, that's that real. Keeps on giving. It's real. It's a real thing. I just I found that before we went live. It's a gift. I, I like this is a joke, or she's delusional enough to actually believe that that's happening. Oh, she's amazing can, on Twitter. That they can legitimately do that in that amount of time. Uh, she she believes it. She really legitimately believes it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fun follow on Twitter. It really is. It is fantastic. Um, Zach, okay. I, I, I gotta believe you're. I gotta believe you're in on Chris Kirk in a hundred to one. I do not have Chris Kirk this mm. week, um, mm. but I do like a, a lot of players. You know, from eight thousand on, I think not necessarily to win anything like that. Uh, no, I I don't Kirk. Those two putts that I saw him miss, he got himself there, but that that scared the daylights out of me. That's not going to work this week. Um, if for me, I mean, I think a guy like Woodland, top 20 plus 300 is a great number. A guy like Fleetwood, who has not been playing great, but is a good ball striker when playing well and has a, a good track record here at plus 300, top 20. Uh, a guy like Brian Harmon, who does have a great track record here, Dang, uh, take plus eleven hundred. I mean, you still can. No, I was good. Yeah, no, a, I was, yeah. No, it's he's he's, he's 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 legitimate, uh, like a, a legitimate threat at this golf course for. Yeah, yeah. plus eleven hundred top ten, plus four fifty top twenty. I mean, plus one sixty top forty, plus one sixty top forty seems like a steal to me. Now, mm -hmm. you know, he could come out and lay an egg. You got a guy who Westwood, who I believe got second place last year, uh, at four fifty top twenty, one sixty top forty, uh, and then you know Matt Kuchar. I would be remiss. I would be remiss not to mention Matt Kuchar. And uh, you know, I mean, we're looking at it, <laughs> at two hundred top forty. I, I don't think that that it's terrible. I knew Kutcher when I saw it when I saw him today at 200. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. I knew it's coming. Well, I mean, I think for a top five, I, I threw it in there because you he, know it's, he, he does have, to, but, he does he does have um, a good history at this golf course. He he plays yeah, and, the golf course well. And then I mean, you're you, I and I missed him in my initial writing here, so I got him down low. But like Webb Simpson is is looking set, plus 700 top 10, plus uh, 300 top 20, and I know that you know we really haven't heard his name a lot, but Again, so is, he, is he played this year at all? Maybe not, but I mean, you know, certain people come to certain courses. It's it's why if if healthy, nobody will ever 
say that Tiger doesn't have a chance to win at Augusta because certain people just have certain styles of golf course that, that fit their eye. And as you've said before, it seems to fit Webb's eye. So if I see Webb on a course like this uh, at plus 8,000, especially giving me, say, like a plus 110 top 40 number, it's, you can be pretty aggressive at that and feel confident, I feel. I guess, yeah, Webb has only played the Sony Open this season, the 2022 season. Um, before that, it was the the RSM. So, he, yeah, he has not played a lot. That's um, I didn't even really think about him. But yeah, he uh, – I mean, he took this course to its knees in, I think, what, 2018? Uh, I think that was the year he won when he ran away with it. It's, 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 it's an interesting setup for him. It's, it's one that obviously suits him. I bet Max Homa um, last week when I saw him on 100 to 1 on points bet. I see he's at 80 now, so I took a small bet on him. Um, I still think maybe Max has something in him to help him kind of elevate his game for these these events with these stronger fields that he normally has in the past. I had Brian Harmon written down as well. He's had a third and eighth in the last two years here. I feel like Johnny talking about Brian Harmon because he's the only one that, on the show that normally talks about him, but um, here we are. Um, I I like the idea of Mac Hughes. He's sort of become my guy. I don't know how, but I, I like him at 150 to one uh, plus 1100 for a top 10. Um, I, he hasn't played great necessarily the last couple of weeks, but we're just, you get into these numbers where they're, they're even more elevated now and higher with the strength of field. And you get some numbers down here that are really pretty astonishing. We talked about Reed at 250 to one, um, uh, you know, scanning through here, a guy that played really well last week, Lucas Herbert, he's at 250 to one shot a 68 on Sunday. I don't know if that's that translates or not, but that's 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 an insane number. Uh, you know, one or two of these guys, one or two of these guys that's lower than 100 to one is going to be somewhere on the leaderboard in the top 10 on Sunday. Um, I, it, you see it every year at the Players' Championship. I bet Westwood was was somewhere around 80 or to 100 to one last year, and he he nearly won the thing. So there's there's someone to be had in this range is just trying to figure it out. Kyle Stanley at 500 to one, my guy, um, he played well here. The year C Wu won, he finished second. Kyle Stanley is not going to win, but, um, yeah, so there's, there's definitely some, uh, opportunities here, but I think, uh, I think all three of us seem to think this, this is going to be won by a guy that's less than 50 to one. It seems right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't always bring the, the, the best player to, to, you know, to win, but, uh, you know, generally it will. And, and I, I, I like the, I like the top of the field. There's a lot of good options there. And there's a, I think a lot of guys that are playing, playing well enough. So, you know, like you said, there's going to be, there's going to be some surprises. There's going to be a surprise contender, but you know, and, and, and they may end up winning, but, uh, you know, it's, it's probably going to be fewer and far in between compared to, uh, you know, a typical tour event. All right, guys. Uh, Players Championship should be a good one. Uh, can't wait to see how it pans out. Appreciate you guys uh, being here as always. Thank you. Uh, Thanks again. I'm looking forward to watching the tournament. Yep, we'll be here to break break it all down next Monday night as always. Our picks will be up on Wednesday prior to the tournament. See if we can have some success and get back in the winner's circle after I think three weeks now. 
So see how it goes. Everyone, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.